Hi, I'm Ivan, and welcome to the second episode of the IA podcast. Last week was my first ever episode, and I recapped Phil Lamar's career. Well, not his entire career, but I had briefly talked about his role as Virgil Hawkins on the cartoon Static Shock. But this time, I want to talk to I want to talk about someone that I am a really big fan of, and his name is Christopher Judge. Now, outside of his voice work, I just wanted to talk about this. Um, He was on the television series Stargate SG-1, and it was a a sci-fi series, and he played the role of Teal'c, a Jaffa warrior who happened to be one of the most prominent characters throughout that show's entire 10-year run. And I would recommend it to anyone that wants a good example of his work. And the show was even spun off into an animated series. So now that I did an intro to this episode, I want to go ahead and jump straight into Christopher Judge's roles. Well, roles that I found to be some of his best that some basically some of the best roles that he's ever done. One of Christopher Judge's first voiceover roles was on the animated series X-Men Evolution. He played the main antagonist of the series. He was the voice of Magneto. And as destructive as Magneto was, Christopher Judge took the role in an entirely new direction. Magneto became more of a master manipulator. And what contributed to that was the fact that for the first season of the show, they avoided showing Magneto's face entirely. And they let Christopher Judge's voice do most of the storytelling within those scenes. Now, Magneto, he would travel around and he would find young mutants that were lost as they were trying to cope with the fact that they they were forever changed. That they have these powers that are hard to control and they aren't human. And people don't really treat them how they used to be treated. Magneto basically became a father figure of sorts, and he would try to level with these mutants and basically give them a sense of understanding of what life will be like for them now. And he would try to basically manipulate them and turn them against humans and make them see humans as evil, as scum, like how humans treat mutants. And he felt that it was pointless To show compassion towards them. Because they no longer show compassion toward mutants. Well, humans don't really have compassion for mutants anymore. Because they're so different. And he wanted them to treat humans like how humans treated them. And not waste their time. Now, here I have a clip of Magneto talking to Warren Worthington III. AKA Angel. 
Now, Angel's mutations were revealed at birth when his doctor noticed small wings growing from his shoulder blades, but his parents didn't notice these. Most of his life, Angel tried to basically blend in with society, and it was much easier for him to do this than other mutants because he lived in com comfort and luxury because his parents were significantly wealthy. Now, now here's a clip of Magneto attempting to recruit Angel into his Brotherhood of Mutants, trying to sway Warren and basically tell him that humans aren't worth saving. To understand where Magneto was coming from, you have to see life from his perspective. He was born and raised in Poland during World War II. And during World War II, Nazi Germany occupied Poland. And during their occupation, they had created and enforced these notoriously racist policies where people of Jewish, Polish, Romani, Slavic, and people of color these people were classified as subhuman, and on orders, these people were to be enslaved or exterminated. Now you have to think about it. This is no way for a young boy to grow up. I mean, imagine being seen as subhuman and either being enslaved in a camp or being exterminated in that camp. No young boy should grow up like this, and obviously this didn't do anything for a young Magneto to basically see the good side of humanity. Now, under these harsh conditions, as a result, both of Magneto's parents died, which further mentally scarred him through this treatment. And later down the line, he was rescued by Captain America and Wolverine. Yet the scars of the things that he had faced and endured were going to be there forever. Years down the line, he met Charles Xavier 
aka Professor X, these two became close friends and they had realized that humanity's mutation was the future and they needed to take care of this, but both of these men had different methods when it came to taking care of this future. Professor X wanted to believe that human mutant peace was possible, but Eric, a.k.a. Magneto, he believed that mutants must completely control humans and rule the world in order to prevent being eliminated or imprisoned. For example, I wanted to quickly play a clip of Magneto and Professor X having a conversation about the future of mutant and humankind. Well, it's not that long of a clip, but it's very short. Yet, I still feel like this would fit into the discussion, so I'm going to quickly play this for you. A storm is coming for mutant Charles, and our resolve must be ironclad. Side with me, not against me. Your invitation begs the question, what happens to those who won't come willingly? If necessary, sometimes salvation must be force-fed. Continuing on from the last clip that I played, you can honestly see that Magneto was starting to become the very thing he despised. His, ide his ideologies were starting to resemble those of the Nazi party in a sense, even though he was wrongfully victimized. He was, wrong yeah, he was wrongfully victimized and persecuted because... Of what he was. Yet Magneto felt. That it was right. To turn around and do the same thing to humans. And. Honestly. Honestly. Trying to wrap this up. Christopher Judge. Well. He did make this role into his own like i've said before he he really made me enjoy magneto as a character much more probably just as much as the movies did he made me realize that the character of magneto was sinister yet he was very sympathetic and you understood his anger and Christopher judge's voice basically captured that sinister nature as his voice was so cold and black hearted and somewhat distant toward humanity. Now moving on, I wanted to get into his possibly his best role, well, his role that I enjoyed the most out of the roles that I talked about today. Christopher Judge was the lead voice of the main antagonist in the 2003 video game, Def Jam Vendetta. Now, at this moment, I wanted to go ahead and play the clip of Christopher Judge doing the intro for this game and just let you experience the way 
He sucked you into the game and made you hyped to play it. And he gave you that sense of intimidation and fear, yet eagerness to play through and see up to the moment when you encounter him for the first time. Used to be, you wanted to make yourself known. You prove your worth as a street fighter or a hustler. We don't fight out in the streets no more. We're organized now. We too gangster for the garden, so we've taken it underground. Inside. I'm a businessman, and this is my business. My soldiers are Legion, Method Man, Nori, Capone, Luda, Red Man, DMX. You want a shot at me? You gotta make it past these brothers. It's a dangerous world out here. Seems every time I turn around, there's another young buck wants to take me on. I lay down for no man. You want to take what's mine? You gotta beat me. But nobody ever beats me just listen to how intimidating that intro is i mean you have to just recognize how powerful he is by just the way he speaks now i describe the character of demob as a fusion between nino brown from new jack city and m bison from the street fighter series he's just as intimidating as he can be kind of cheesy in ways. Because throughout the game, D-Mob will say a couple of lines that will make a couple of references to New Jack City. For example, I mean, listen to how super corny this line is. I mean, are you serious? Really? Move your $5 ass before I have to make change? He could have said something stupid like rubber baby buggy bumpers. And it still would have been corny, yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just mad that that line was uttered within the game. And it was so humorous and it reminded me of New Jack City because... Nino Brown said an exact line like that, yet there was still a bit of an intimidation factor within it. As much as I'm trying not to laugh from thinking about that line and how intimidating it could be, it's just ridiculous. Yet Christopher Judge made the character more than just one-dimensional to me. And I mean, with the game Def Jam Vendetta, you have to think about the concept. I mean, what if somebody took professional wrestling, which is an industry that's known for its larger-than-life characters and intense storylines and action, and we fuse it with rap music, and rap music has a series of larger-than-life people. And personas. I mean, no one at that time ever thought to really fuse these two together. And I feel like most people wrote this off at the time. And they just didn't assume that it would work. 
But Def Jam Vendetta managed to be a large success because the game was filled with so many characters and famous rappers such as Redman, Method Man, Ghostface Killer, DMX, Scarface, Ludacris, and Joe Budden, you know? And these people at the time were super popular and they basically defined that generation. And Christopher Judge was just the icing on the proverbial gaming cake when it came to being that villain that created the crescendo to the story that gave the main character and the people playing the game motive to basically run through the story because you wanted to see his comeuppance. You really wanted to see him go down and get and basically get the revenge that was a long time coming. And honestly, I just got to say that Christopher Judge, Christopher Judge really captured that. He was this serious, intimidating villain that made the game just worth playing. He really was so menacing, and it was to the point where it was so many obstacles and so many like pitfalls when it came to navigating through the story that when you finally get to fight him i mean you have to i mean pretty much what i'm gonna do right now i just gotta play that scene leading up to that final boss fight just to show you you know that's all i'm gonna do right now Honestly, they really go over the top with the music, and it's worth it because at this point in the game, D-Mob managed to turn your best friend against you in order to in order for him to pay off his debt, and he tried to send three people to fight you at once, but you barely managed to scrape out of that, and he makes you go through this massive tournament filled with elite fighters just to get to him. And he almost kills you during that tournament. <laughs> and I just got to say that this game is just worth checking out, honestly. I can't really I can't really put it into enough words really on how great Christopher Judge was when he came when it came to portraying this character. He really did it justice and created memories that I will never forget and that, that I will always cherish. Just these characters, these two characters, just these two characters were pivotal for me. And I really enjoy him as a voice actor. And before I go, I wanted, I wanted to talk about his portrayal of Kratos in the God of War video game. But 
I wanted to save that for a future episode where I take his portrayal as Kratos in the God of War games and compare it to T.C. Carson. I want to compare it to T.C. Carson's portrayal of Kratos and do a side-by-side comparison. And this is something I plan on doing in the future. And I look forward to basically recording this and sharing this with the people who happen to stop by and listen to this. And all I got to say is thank you for listening. And you are listening to the IA podcast. Tune in next time and take care.